isn't saying Shane McCain. Everything you're going to hear in this episode is true. Sharing is scaring. So if you are under the influence of any kind of mind-altering drug, I would recommend that you do not listen to this podcast because the mixing of drugs is bad. And I am the drug. We have a very, 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 very special guest with us this evening to talk about all things ghostly and crazy and uh, insane, perhaps, would be a good word to use for uh, our, our, our guest. Um, with Thank no, you. Yes, yes, yes. With no further, uh, with no further, further what's that? I do. I do, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to present everybody the king of country bling. Boom, in the fucking house. You know, it's funny, because I, I just, yeah. as I even said the word adieu, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say adieu, but then in my head I was like, that's not the right word. You could have said I don't. Yeah, I guess you know so, I mean? yeah. Like, well, first of all, I want to thank you for calling me special, because as it turns out, the only time that I truly have been called special was by the person I love most dearly, which was my mother. And I can tell you that I remember it like it was yesterday because it shaped my life. It was a turning point. It was a game changer. It was a life changer. I was in my high chair. I didn't want to eat the vegetables. And I started bobbing my head back. And apparently I went all the way back. My head hit the floor. I came up. I was reborn. I was drooling. And my mom said, you're special. Now, I know I was drooling when it happened, but I still took it as a compliment. And it's made me the fucking wigger I am today, you know? Thank you. Yeah, man, yeah. I so, it. I just want to say thanks for saying that. But, uh, yeah, now, and also, me and you go way back, so I'm happy to be on this show. I champion anything you do, brother. And um, I will tell you, I've had some weird things happen to me in my life. Uh, for starters, I mean, I can tell you this. The first thing I will say to preface. Well, real quick, I, real quick. Real, uh, ladies and gentlemen, insane Shane McCain. In the house. Or you can call me, uh, AKA, you know, the great white dope, the heavyweight chump, the cow tipping cracker, the big swinging hick, the vanilla gorilla, the blue collar scholar, the bombing shaman, the fast food philosopher, the minister of sinister here, and mostly fucking ghostly. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So, yeah, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate that, man. You know, I'm down with you. I'm down with whatever you do. I've always been behind you. I've always believed in you. Yes, sir. Likewise. Yeah, man. So I, I'll tell you, the first thing I will say, so people understand it, that what, whatever it is I tell you, it's going to be spot on. The truth is pure. The truth is as pure 
as the Coke I used to get back in the day. And I'm telling you, it was fucking good. So I will only tell you that everything I'm going to say to you tonight is verbatim. Some people try to derive a sense of identity and importance and hit the rewind button on these wild experiences that they've had. But people, I am kind of in the world, but not of it. So these things happen to me. Every man is the sum of his experiences. And regardless of whether we understand these things, they're tangible. We don't get them yet. If they happen and they're real, they become a part of your, your ideology, of the way that you, you view the world, your reality, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've seen, but most people really, man, are fucking charlatans. They're full of shit. <clears throat> like I remember one time, I'll give you a perfect example. So back in the day, you know, I'm in the music business. I had a manager. He was a fucking madman. And, and we, we met a lot of colorful characters. And one of them claimed to be a psychic. And and my my manager really bought into that shit. And he was literally, she was out in Vegas. She moved out to Vegas. She was like, I see you guys out in Vegas. That's where Shane is going to have a success. It's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, she was just out there and she wanted a piece of the dream. She wanted, she wanted him, you know? Mm-hmm. And finally, he was ready to fucking fly us out there. And I finally said, listen, man, I want you to look at me when I tell you this. Do you hear how many messages are on your fucking, you know, back in the day when people had fucking, you know, answer machines. Mm. Do you hear how many messages are on the fucking machine? She, the bitch has been calling for three fucking days. He's like, he's like, right. But that's because she like knows what's up and what we need to do. She's got the answers, you fucking imbecile. I was like, you're a fucking imbecile. She's such a psychic. Why don't the bitch call when we're home? Uh... <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good point. Like, she doesn't know where the fuck we are. So it's like, how can she be a psychic? I'm like, she's not. She's a fucking psycho, doggy. Mm-hmm. So there are people that are full of shit that pretend that they're in this other realm or whatever. They can see the spirits. These are people that are self-medicating. But I, I have, in fact, had some real, real fucking experiences that... uh I mean, some that were not scary. Like, everybody thinks just because you see a ghost, it's going to be terrifying. I can only tell you that in my experience, sometimes these types of things are really frightening. But sometimes they're not. It depends on... That's like saying every spirit is going to terrify me. Mm. Not really. A spirit... I mean, this is just my two cents, homies, okay? There's 98 more cents. But a spirit is just the essence of a person, a being, creature, when it leaves the earthly plane, when it leaves its body, you know? So what if the person whose spirit you're encountering was a really sweet, loving, decent person in life? Why would their spirit scare you in death? Mm, right? Yeah. True. You know what I'm saying? So, because I can tell you just to, to start it off, I've had some terrible, insidious, wicked, you know, encounters with evil. I'm not going to say I haven't, man. But I also want to want people to understand it just because, you know, when you talk about a spirit or something that is not of this world, it, it may scare you, but it doesn't mean it's trying to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you're a nice guy, Matt, and I'm sure, like, if you left your body and were, like, roaming around the neighborhood on Halloween <laughs> and kids were screaming, you'd be like, yo, easy. Come back and pick your chocolate up. Yo, yo, yo. Problem. Didn't mean that. You know what I'm saying? 
So unless, you know, you have something you want to ask me specifically, I'll just tell you about some of the things that I've experienced, you know. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'll just riff, you know, and I'll I'll tell you for starters, but I can tell you this, like, for instance, when you, you hear a lot of stuff and you think, ah, this is bullshit, this is just people trying to sell media, make you watch TV, sell them newspapers, sell the Inquirer, until you fucking experience it yourself, and then you're like, wow. This shit is fucking real. There it is. Like, I remember one time, I'll give you a perfect example. I've seen UFOs in my life fucking probably seven or eight times. But one time, I saw a UFO so fucking close that I was scared. Mm. It wasn't like, wow, that's so cool. Let's get my camera out. It was, holy fucking shit, that thing, it's completely still. It's not making a fucking sound. I don't hear anything. I hear the wind. I don't hear anything. If that thing has the technological capability to be here, like that, hovering, this close to me making no fucking noise whatsoever, then these motherfuckers that said they were abducting are telling the fucking truth. Mm. Okay, man. You're like, wow. I don't want to be one of those motherfucking frauds in biology classes getting yeah. hit with a scalpel. Yeah, I am yeah. not feeling it. I'm getting the fuck out of here, man. You feel me? Yeah. I ran like a bitch. People are like, wow, you really saw that? Like, I'm like, dude, I fucking, I did not want to go in that ship. I didn't want nothing to do with it, man. I mean, when you see it way up in the air and you're like, no, look at that. Let's film it. Everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. But when you see it, like 200 yards away and 100 yards up in the air and you could see every fucking thing on that ship you don't think they could see you Mm. yeah so that's what i mean by these once these things happen then you you integrate them into your perception of reality man now they're fucking real you're not trying to weigh in like your boy told you this you know he don't lie so Shit got to be real, but model. maybe he's exaggerated. Maybe he imagined it. No, no, when you see it and you're not fucking on any kind of mind-altering drug, you're like, okay, this shit is real. You know it ain't from, from this world. There's no way we have technology like that. No fucking way. So once again, now, you guys ready for the real shit? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Real quick, are you changing subject? Not really, man. I'm going to, I mean, no. I mean, I, I could talk about, no, not really, man. I'm staying on the same shit. Unless the, you want to talk about some music or whatever. Well, no. the, the alien thing, I had a quick question for you. I've heard some people, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a claim, if you will, that, um, that aliens are really just like demons. Have you ever heard that? Not really. Nah. Yeah. Not okay. so much. It's interesting. It's an interesting take on it with, uh. How it's just demons and they're like disguising themselves to trick you and to think that it's something else so you do believe in it, which gives it its power type deal. Wow, that's an interesting Yeah, it's a very interesting, yeah, yeah. We'll do an episode yeah. on it in the future. It's a very interesting stuff. I can, me personally, like I always say, this is my two cents. Yeah. There's 98 more cents, obviously. <clears throat> you know, Matt, I always say the gut never lies. Yeah. The intellect 
will sabotage the gut. The intellect will try to cloud the gut. The intellect will convince you that this there's a logical explanation for this, or this person you're in front of really is not a bad person. There's no reason you should judge them. The gut tells you the truth. The gut is your instinct, your survival thing. It's your it's your soul compass. And me personally, man, what every time that I've seen when I've been in the presence of evil, I fucking know it. Yeah. Yeah, I've walked I mean, I've seen the eyes in the mirror of the soul. You can look in someone's eyes and you can tell, at least I can tell, one, if that person has killed, or two, if that person would kill. Hmm. You can sense a soul that is more evil than good. Yeah. I at least I can. I can actually fucking walk by people, not look at them, and feel their fucking energy. Feel what they're thinking. Feel whether it's an open, happy spirit or whether it's a closed, angry, you know, spirit in turmoil. Mm-hmm. I can feel that shit, you know. But my my vessel is open. You know, I'm, I really am kind of a shaman. I, I, I don't use that word lightly, but I... Like I can sit down with someone and I can listen to what they what what's going on in their life, and I can help them reframe. I can help them metaphorically untangle a knot. That's that you know metaphorically pull a splinter from their spirit, mm. and give them peace. Not with medication, not with twenty sessions, with going into that dark place with them and feeling and and trying to show them the way out out of that mental maze of confusion you know i can do that i've done it many times i don't brag about it i'm only telling you what others have told me you know mm-hmm. so i'm a, i'm definitely a spiritual creature as a matter of fact i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this and this is kind of heavy but as insane shane mccain you know i i i'm probably one of the people i i think when i started this redneck rap this country rap game I don't think maybe there was one other guy. Maybe Bubba Sparks was was doing it, <clears throat> but he was doing it like a brother, man. He was, you know, he was grabbing yeah. loops. Yeah, it was more rap than country yeah, rap. And, exactly, bro, and rapping over it, you know, in an urban format. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was not doing that. I mean, we used barely any, you know, sample loops. I mean, we grabbed samples for fun, and, and you know, and. uh parody and all that but on the whole man i mean we were playing the instruments and i was rapping like like a white guy in the fucking you know out of the sticks yeah yeah great anybody listening want to check out some of shane's music it's on youtube um very high production quality i remember the first time i heard it um i was blown away by how great it sounds because i was doing a lot of like hip-hop shows in the community and stuff at that time and up in the city and, you know, Pete, you'd get these CDs from everybody and they were never really, you know, mastered or sounded too professional, you know what I mean? But the, that album you gave me, I was, like, really blown away how professional and great, you know, great it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, just to, to jump back, you know, mm-hmm. both you and I, I mean, we are, you know, we're artists. We're the real McCoy. You know, we didn't, we didn't you know, grow up with, we're not fucking trust fund babies, you know what I'm saying? Right. <clears throat> we came up the hard way, man. We did blue collar jobs. We, you know, we were out there. Our art reflects what we've been exposed to. And you and I, man, I mean, when I met you, keeping it real, the truth yeah. is pure, man. 
like, yeah, I had two businesses. I had my trucking business, man. I was a working man out there doing what I had to do, handling my business. That was moving and grooving. And then I had my, my record label, which was Cockfight Records. Boom. Yeah. And when I met you, man, I pulled in for gas and I was driving a truck. <laughs> you were over there. You, you helped me fill it up. I was like, yo, yo, I liked your energy. Like my energy. I was like, yo, man, we'll give you the CD. You were like, all right. All right. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember it was the gas station. We, um, yeah. I filled up your gas. I remember you got out of the truck and you went into the back of the truck to like move around some furniture or something. And then you hopped up in the up in the cab again, and you were getting ready to pull off. And I was like, "Hey, your door's open in the back." And then you got out and you went out back and closed the door. And you were like, "Hey, hey, hey! I got something for you. I got something for you." So I followed nice. you to the car and I was like, "Oh, you didn't give me some money." I was excited. I was like, "Nice." <laughs> and then I got there and he gave me the CD. And uh, I later found out that CD was more valuable than money anyways. But, uh, well, yeah, nice it was a, I always that's, liked that story. Yeah, that's fucking great. Well, you know, that's the other thing. This CD, that number one, you know, the first CD was called I Put the Ho and Ho Down. Yeah. You know, and uh, second CD was Big Swing and Hick. But this time, you know, now it's like, I mean, I get a little cocky here, but, you know, when I started country rap, you know, we'll jump off for a minute. We'll always yeah. get back, but. When I started it, man, I I basically was looking at, I was watching an episode of Cops, drinking some fucking beer, smoking some weed, you know? <clears throat> I was like, man, you know, one episode is in the fucking hood, and the, episode, the other episode, the next segment is in the trailer park. Yeah. But these motherfuckers that, that don't like each other are doing the exact same fucking shit they're getting arrested for. <laughs> you know, they're stealing, they're selling drugs... <laughs> They're fighting you know, and killing. Fucking ha yeah, <laughs> fighting, having domestic disputes, restraining orders. It's all the same shit. Like, these people should be partying in the same motherfucking world as far as I was concerned. Amen, brother. So yes, yeah, so I was like, you know what, man? I'm, I'm going to take rap, which I guess, you know, I'm going to call rhythmic American poetry, and I'm going to use it in another way. I'm going to use it and make it more accessible to a, a fucking... Uh, uh, a mainstream audience, you know, white, blue, it's like when Elvis took all this great music out of, you know, the black communities, it was all, they were on fire, man, they were killing it down there, they, yeah. they, they, they were on top of a cutting edge, and then Elvis took a little of it, brought it to fucking like the Ed Sullivan show, wherever the fuck he got, and shook his white booty and said, had that sound, and all of a sudden, boom, everybody was like, oh my God, this is great music, you know? I get what Chuck Berry's doing. Oh my God. You know? yeah. So the point is I decided to take rap and instead of watching young, you know, white kids that, that could not identify in any way, shape or form to what these guys, these African-American kids, man, were experiencing in, in their art and their rap and writing about, I mean, they, that was legit. This was their life. Mm. They were depicting their life in their art it was fucking, it was intense, it was ferocious, it was great. But all these little white kids, man, were running around like, yo, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop my pants a little bit, man. I'm gonna start bringing that brother, that brother shit right there. Oh, yeah, man, I'm, I got it like that. And I was looking at him like, no, you really don't. You're, you're imitating the guys that are authentically living this shit. When they got swagger, when they dropped their pants a little bit and walk around the hood like, yeah, that's what I thought. That's real. Yeah. When you do it, and then you go back to like the suburbs, 
You look like a fucking imbecile. <laughs> I'm just saying that. So I decided, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Now, rap, hip hop is such a mainstream stream thing that it, yeah. this is this issue is even new point. But back then, the same way that the guys in the black communities, you know, Grandmaster Flash and all these guys when they were coming up, like they were talking about the origins of, of, of the music and what it was like then. And I'm talking about what it was like for me then. So my mission statement was not to imitate a lifestyle and a sound that I had had no knowledge of. That's that's simulation. That's not art. Yeah. I'm going to take it. I'm going to adapt it to what I see every day. And I'm going to get out there and I'm going to talk about what's going on where I am. Out in the fucking redneck sticks, you know? Mm. And that's how, you know, my shit went. But now... I'm just a shock star. Now I've realized that, you know, like guys like Yellow Wolf, man, I mean, they have just cemented this genre to the point where these guys are legitimate redneck rappers. They're great. You know, he's my favorite personally. I think his his fucking uh, redneck flows is better than anybody's, you know. Mm. It's still got an urban vibe, but it's great. But now I've gone, you know, I'm a shock star. Now I decided fucking 2019... I don't give a fuck, man. I don't have to try to pretend or make what I do accessible. I told motherfuckers I'm a shock star now. I'm just going to out myself as a Greek Jew. Tall, dark, and neurotic. Does redneck rap. Called a fucking new CD. Cock-a-doodle Jew. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's right. Have you always been a hip-hop fan? I never asked I you that. that. Oh, yeah. dude, I'm here to take because you know I'm an older guy. So here's what I can tell you about that. Yeah. I remember back in the day, walking through, was living in the city. I had a band, and and back then, in all honesty, man, like white pop music was kind of going away. There was nothing going on. Like the hip hop was starting to come up. Record companies didn't really know what they wanted to sign anymore. Heavy metal, like hair metal, was going away. And it was kind of in a weird state of flux. And mm. a lot of white guys were running down to Nashville and starting to try to write country music because they didn't know where they fit in anymore. They weren't hip-hop. They weren't R&B. Pop, like the Doobie Brothers and all that shit, was gone. It was going away like let it gas. Yeah. So the music industry was in a weird place, a weird state of kind of lost transitional searching you know a state of fucking flux I don't even know but here's the point yeah so one day me and my bass player man we were up in Harlem I don't know what we were doing up there but we were there and we were walking up the fucking street and we saw this dude with a fucking boom box that was as big as a goddamn suitcase I mean <laughs> and he was carrying it we were like Holy fucking shit. And that thing, it, the guy was probably, I don't know, 50 yards away from us. And that fucking thing was kicking off so much volume. And it was bouncing off the fucking brownstones and the hood. And it was echoing. And I'll tell you what it was. We didn't know at the time what it was. It was fucking public enemy. Uh-huh. And dude, we felt it. We stopped dead in our fucking tracks and we just looked at each other and my bass player said he was like what the fuck is that and I said to him I don't know man but it's definitely what's coming 
Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember like the first time you heard uh, like "Walk This Way"? I think it was with Run DMC and Aerosmith mashing up, mashing yeah. up both the rock and rap thing. I do, but in all honesty, man, keeping it fan. real, you know. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was it was cool, but it, to me, it was I don't know, man. It was like a a forced hybrid of two sounds that yeah. didn't jive in the same demographic. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like a natural thing. It seemed like a weird forced contract thing. It sounded like two different artists and two different genres with only one record deal trying to make it work. Yeah. I'm just keeping it real. You no, know I'm I mean? With you. Yeah. And then I remember that shit when that, you know, like hotel, motel, holiday <laughs> Inn. I mean, that shit was just fucking stupid. I always thought it was stupid, man. I mean, I would dance to it because that's what it did. That was the you know, thing, I, yeah. Yeah, I would get out there and shake my booty and it was fun and all, but it was, it was, you know, in my mind, it was kind of stupid. It was hokey, mm. man. It was, it was, it was African Americans trying to like, I don't even know, like accommodate the white man or mm -hmm. something. It was just not real. But on the flip side of that, when I heard Public Enemy, yeah, that to me, man, those were brothers that didn't give a fuck. Right, yeah. Yeah, those guys were like, yo. Revolution. To, yeah, that was revolution. Those guys were like, listen, this is this is art right here. This is what we fucking think. We got something to fucking say, and we are spawning this kind of music. This motherfucking sound, this shit got legs, because this shit is real. Yeah. And real, real, real is something of the spirit. Real is truth. And truth emanates. That's the God force, man. Yeah. So when I heard that, I knew this wasn't a passing fucking phase or a trend. I knew this shit was here to stay, man. This was the metaphorical foundation for the cry of a people purely and truthfully in their art form, reflecting the experiences that they had felt, that they had seen their parents feel. This shit was emanating fucking truth. And it was emanating anger and intensity. And we heard it and it was bouncing off those those fucking tenements. And that shit was just on fire, bro. So yeah, when I heard that, I was a fan of fucking, of, not even hip hop, of fucking rap. Yeah. From the motherfucking get-go. Word. You getting a Rick Rubin too? I know Rick Rubin was very influential with like, he produced for both Slayer and the Beastie Boys. The Beastie yeah. Boys being a band that had like a very punk influence. Some of those earlier albums were like half and half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right, dude. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> well, the Beastie Boys, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up, man, because uh, the Beastie Boys are actually one of my influences. I don't, I can't really peg influences usually because it's really a gray area for me. Yeah. But I will honestly say, man, the Beastie Boys are definitely one of my fucking influences. Yeah, I love the Beastie Boys because they got that the party music, and they're not uh -huh. afraid. They're not afraid to like make fun of themselves with like the sabotage video and shit. That's right. Yeah. Fucking a man, and I remember hearing like you know, no sleep. Yeah, those, 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 like, oh man, I love it. Those guitar riffs with the some, you know what I mean? With with oh, the drums are yeah. fucking phenomenal. Yeah. That I think was the beginning of really of rock rap. Yeah, in my mind, those guys started it. But yeah, I love the way they were campy. I love the way each of those guys had a different sonic pitch in their in the voice of their delivery. 
each guy had their own personality, you know, and they were just, they were campy. They yeah. were edgy, campy, funky, rude, bawdy, yeah. gaudy, in your motherfucking face, but they were fun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Rick Rubin, is there any producers that Insane Shane McCain would like to have, you know, some super producers you would like to have got down with and, you know, do something uh, with? You know, something fun. I could see a nice George Clinton mashup. Wouldn't that be the shit? That'd be cool. I, you know, I know guys that know him, man. And, uh, yeah, maybe, man. I don't know, though. I don't know. Because he's, uh, he's uh, got his, like, I know dudes. I, do you know the band, uh, Coheed and Cambria? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so one of those guys, the guys that played drums, you know, Josh, who I really haven't seen him in years. But back in the day when he was, uh. Actually, I, I don't think he would mind me saying this because mm-hmm. I'm going to just say that uh, I used, he was a big fan of mine. He loved my fucking music, man. And, and uh, me and him used to hang. He used to roll with me in my limo and everything. And I didn't realize how severe his uh, his drug addiction was, you know. He was mm-hmm. battling heroin, you know. Uh, but the reason I, I know his dad, who's a really great guy, all, and all his brothers are real, uh, real good. But uh, anyway, I think he plays with George Clinton. But Josh... Uh, he actually beat heroin, from what oh, I good. understand. He, yeah, he had a real rough time with it, and I don't know, like I said, he, uh, I was supposed to be on his record. He put a solo record out called Weird Science, mm. and uh, he, the guy is an amazing fucking drummer. I'm here to tell you that. He'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> he's as cocky as I am, though. <laughs> yeah, no, and he fucking, he's great. But yeah, I, I really loved him, man. He was a good dude. He had a good spirit. But I didn't realize how fucked up he was on heroin. And, uh, you know, he was like, yo, you should be on this record, Weird Science. And I listened to some of the, the tracks, and they were they were kind of dark. Mm. I should have known right well, then. Well, there you go, yeah. But his rap, that, that motherfucker can rap like hell. Yeah. But anyway, I won't get take too much time on him, because I lost touch with him. I, I do see his dad every now and then. Um, but he... Um, he was really irresponsible. He kept promising me, you're going to be on a fucking record, and, you know, we're going to do it. And then he's like, yo, you know, can I roll with you in the limo this weekend? And I'd be like, yeah. And then, like, he'd be a no-show, and then the studio mm-hmm. thing wouldn't happen. And then I seen him with a couple of his cronies. And I tuned that bitch ass up. Yeah. Oh, I told him, you're full of fucking shit. He was like, Shane, you can't talk to me that way. I was like, yeah, I just fucking did, bitch. I just did. You in the fucking punk ass play. You don't yeah. talk to me that way. I'm drinking tequila. I'm saying Shane became fuck three you bitches. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, but Shane, please, please calm down. But anyway, the point is, uh, I won't say any more about him, but uh, he played with George Clinton, I think. He was playing with him. And I think George Clinton was also a... a I met I met George uh, I got to shake yeah. his hand it was one of the coolest uh, moments of my life um, but yeah he was I remember there was a fun story of him being like the cops catching him pulling him over in like this like purple Corvette and being like hey uh, you got anything in the car that we should know about and he's like I got a little bit of crack and they pulled out like this big like fucking pack of crack um, which was more than a little bit but going <laughs> Go, going, g- keeping the drug theme in the heroin theme. I often say that uh, the suicide of Kurt Cobain was a gigantic jumping-off point for hip hop hitting the mainstream. How do you feel about that? Uh honestly, Matt, I don't, I don't know. I never really thought about it that yeah. way. I, I think that that 
kind of music was just on its on its way out. Yeah, the you grunge, know? grunge era. Yeah, the yeah. grunge era, that whole Pearl Jam thing, the Nirvana thing. Yeah. I don't get me wrong, I love Nirvana yeah. and Pearl Jam. I also love them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the, the Smashing Pumpkins, believe it or not, even kind of came out of that whole thing. I think I like them as well. I like yeah. Billy Corgan. Alice in Chains, yeah. a lot of people yeah, like. Yeah, Alice in Chains. That was a great sound, but it was, as I look... Like, it was a genre that wasn't really built to last, you know what I mean? No, it wasn't, man. It was like, a, I don't know, that whole genre was like a Prozac moment. Yeah. Like, the kids were just depressed, outcast, a little... It was just a, the whole genre, I think, could be... I think I would just have to call it self-absorbed soul-searching. Yeah, it molded into emo. It eventually became emo, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just, I remember really digging it, but it just kind of, yeah, it was kind of on its way out. That that sound was going, and hip-hop, rap was starting to become hip-hop, which I think was more of a, I don't even know, I guess, I don't know what the difference between rap and hip-hop is, but I'm going to say hip-hop is kind of a, maybe a cross between R&B and rap. It's mm-hmm. more accessible and less alienating and hostile than say rap was but that, I don't know that's just my opinion but yeah. you know, all of a sudden man I knew rap was gonna, gonna be here to stay when you know you'd tune into like Eyewitness News or whatever and you'd hear like a little rap like a little hip hop fucking groove going mm. or a basketball game would have a hip hop thing and suddenly it was like fucking hey hip hop is it's just it's just becoming fucking mainstream like it's everywhere i knew at that point it was just gonna take over and it has you know but oh yeah it's officially the the genre i mean that and pop hip-hop and country are probably the three powerhouse genres you know i'd have to say yeah i mean pop r&b whatever r&b pop Mm. which kind of in my mind are almost synonymous yeah um, country and hip hop or rap, yeah, I think that pretty much is it. And everything else is, uh, I guess, an offshoot of one of those genres, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into like Christian music and all that shit. Yeah, right, right. Um, but in any case, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know much about George Clinton. I know that Josh played with him. As far as uh, producers that I would have wanted to work with, that's a really good question. I think. I mean, I know everybody knows Dr. Dre. Yeah. And I have to say, man, I, I would have liked to have worked with a guy like that because I think he was open enough mm-hmm. and, and a pioneer enough to to do something. Also would like to have worked with uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I think he and I could have really, uh, you know, taken each other to a whole other level, you know. And don't get me wrong, man, in future, I don't think that I wouldn't, you know, try to do something like that, you know? Because yeah. that's a guy that, I mean, when he did, he produced what? He didn't even Johnny Cash, didn't he write Who, that Trent, song? Trent Reznor, yeah, he did uh, that Hurt song. Johnny Cash yeah, covered they, it. Yeah, <clears throat> man, that fucking, I think, didn't he produce that record? I don't even know. Well, that I was know he, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin did those last couple of Johnny Cash albums. Wow, see, I didn't even know that, but I yeah. know when Trent Reznor did this, you know, had the song Hurt. Yeah. I, man, oh man, Johnny... It, I think that's one of Johnny Cash's greatest fucking songs, and you know, obviously he didn't write it. Well, yeah, he bring. Well, Johnny Cash was that great that he could just he, he you know he could really you know he shine, make anything shine really. 
Oh, God, but when they're in the video... And he but just they're both, that, yeah, they're both great songs. fucking voice, you know? I hurt myself yeah. today, you know, to see if I still feel... Yeah. You know, oh, God, you know? The needle tears a hole. I was like, Jesus, Yeah, not... it's deep, deep. Yeah, that fucking song, What Have I Become? I was like, oh, God, the hell in the back yeah. of my throat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, man, so, yeah, so I, got, I guess I got off on a bit of a tangent there with the music, but I'm glad we, you know, we, we covered it a little bit. I can tell you if anybody is interested, because I know we're here to do Ghostly Mostly. I'm all about it, you know? Yeah. But I will tell you that as far as the McCain thing goes, some people want to spell my motherfucking last name like John McCain. Oh. I'm not John McCain, you feel me? I'm Shane McCain. Now, I'm going to tell you the difference. John McCain, he's the coffee. kind of guy... <laughs> He, he's the kind of person, a decent guy, yeah. that would, you know, run for something, yeah. you know? I'm Shane McCain, okay? I smile with my grilling, just chilling, the face of America's most wanted, the villain. I'm the kind of motherfucker that runs from something. You feel me? You <laughs> so it's M-C-K-A-N-E. Think MC the party with Cain and Abel, a strong alpha male. Mic drop, there you go. Because, yeah, All it'll right. be in the links too. We'll we'll have it in the title so everybody can look into it. Awesome. Yeah, just tell you guys uh, the new CD that I put out is uh, I outed myself as a Greek Jew, tall, dark, and neurotic. Called the record "Cockadoodle Jew." Okay, is it real or am I faking? I'm the only redneck that doesn't eat bacon. So what's shaking? So that you know, that's a little bit of a, a taste, you know. Uh, so. Yeah. But that's not why we're here now, you know. And also, I also want to say that Matt and I are attempting to embark on a collaboration of a reality TV boxing show. But we're not going to get into that because until I can navigate through the, the bureaucracy and the powers that be, and that would be BS bullshit. Yeah. Can we get around that shit, you feel me? And get people in the ring, not to hug it out, but to slug it out. It's not going to happen. But I think... It is going to happen. We're just going to have to take one step backwards to take a real serious fucking step forward. On that note, whatever. Now, I want to get back to what we're talking about, Matt. Mm -hmm. The shit that scares Wiggis. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to bring the pen. Here it is. First, I'm going to the other room, but I have my hands free in. Multitasking. Who's asking? <laughs> I'm going to pour myself a coffee. Now, I could have poured, poured a beer. Right. But I didn't even want to fucking do it because I wanted people to know I'm not just sitting here exaggerating shit. The truth is pure, and I'm going to have a cup of coffee and tell you exactly what fucking happened, and I'm not going to start drinking till later. It's the same Shane McCain. There's two things that I'm doing tonight. One is to raise the bar, and the other is to go to the bar, okay? <laughs> but at this point, I'm going to, I'm going to have some fucking some coffee. I got my percolator right here. That's a cowboy coffee right there. It's not one of those little one-cup fucking things, you know, you see at the doctor's office, one of them little cutie curate things. Fuck that shit. This is a purulator, you feel me? This is cowboy coffee. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, that being said, I'm going to pour one of those, and then I'm going to tell you the last time that I had an issue where someone, actually a Jamaican woman, attempted to kill me. I know how that fucking sounds, man. But I'm with, just going to start. Well, go ahead, Matt. Ask with, with voodoo? It was just the, uh, the, 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 did we finish up with the, the Ireland witch? 
Oh, we're going to her. She, oh, okay, she's cool. the magnum opus, homie. She's the last <laughs> part of my fucking story, and the story is gory. Okay. Oh, shit. All right. All right. But I will tell you this, man. This was kind of fucked up, too, but I, and this is exactly the way it went down. Now, I won't get into all the specifics of why it is that this Jamaican woman hated me, but she really did. She she got it in her mind that I was to blame for something that, that in truth, you know, I'm not to blame for it. You know, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a man's man. Like, I don't, you know, if somebody asks me a question I, and I'm guilty of something, unless you're the po-po, you know, and I'm going to do some time, man, I will tell you the fucking truth. Yeah. But, you know, in this situation, man, she, she just... She didn't realize, man, I was not the person that, uh, you know, that had, that was to blame for, you know, what happened to her. Um, but in any case, so she was real pissed and she said, you know, she basically said, I've been to Jamaica, you know, so she was like, man, you don't know who you're messing with, man. Me gonna get you, man. Me know people. Man, me gonna get you. Me gonna get you. Don't even know, man. It's gonna come when you don't even think it's coming, man. And I, th- I thought she meant, like, you know, she's going to come. And I was like, oh, please. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear your bullshit. You know, whatever, man. I'm just going to tell you, man, you ain't in fucking Jamaica no more, bitch. You feel me? You want to come over here, talk machete, don't bring a fucking sword to a gunfight because I like your bitch ass up. Okay? <laughs> but I didn't realize what she meant. Um, but I fucking sure did figure it out. Now, back then, I won't say, I'm not going to say I was broke. That's not how I wrote home. What I say is, I used to say back then, money is no object in my world because I don't have any. All right? That's how I would say it. So I was real fucking poor, bro. And and that at that time in my life, like if someone said to me, hey, man, you know, here, here's $10, I would have been like, whoa, that's serious. Like that, that $10 was... Like a 12-pack of motherfucking beer. Like that, I would remember that, you know? And the reason I'm saying that is because a week after I had this this fucking terrible, threatening conversation with this woman, and and it got ugly, you know, um, I went out to my fucking car in the morning, and I saw a $10 bill stuck right in, like, just a tiny bit in, like, you know how, like, your ashtray in your car comes out? Mm-hmm. Well, it was pushed in, and maybe a quarter of the $10 bill was, was wedged between, you know, the ashtray and where it would close. So it was sticking out, mm-hmm. like, three quarters of the way, folded up so I could see it right next to my ignition. I'm like, what the fuck did this motherfucker think of, bro? Holy shit, like, what? What? I don't even... Why is this there? Like, I would never put a $10 bill there. I've never had. Why would I? I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I got this $10. I wanted to do that. I was so happy. I wanted to do the Snoopy dance, bro. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. You know? And those that now I got some real money. You know, But back in the day, yo, man, I was on the street. I was hustling. $10 was $10, dog. So yeah. the point is, I never in a million years would have just randomly stuck that and left it there. No fucking way, man. So I didn't know where it could have come from. I put it in my wallet and I I don't know, went through the day not thinking about, not feeling anything weird. But let me jump back. There was, I will have to tell a bit of the story. So 
I won't get too into it, but there, it had to do with a woman. This woman was a home health care aide that was taking care of an elderly woman. And the woman who was the patient had one of her friends who was probably, this woman was probably 80. The woman across the street was 60. And I used to see her every now and then, and she was the woman that would come in and, I don't know, make a shopping list up, was the power of attorney, you know, was just helping out the old lady. And the woman who I had an issue with was the Jamaican home healthcare aide. Well, I'm just going to say quickly that the the aide, this woman, this Jamaican woman, got fired from her job. And somehow in her mind, I don't know, and I'm not going to get into all the whole dynamic of it, mm-hmm. but she felt that both myself and this woman across the street were to blame for her having lost her job, which I couldn't have been further from the fucking truth. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. But whatever, you know, so at the end of the day, and I think you'll see why it is I'm telling you this aspect of it, because I didn't want to get into that, because I've been wordy anyway. Yeah. But, uh, so, <laughs> bottom good. line is, here we go, so, I'm not thinking much about it, I'm not thinking about the woman either, I mean, you know, I've been, you know, I'm a tough guy, I've been in the clubs, I've been in crazy places, I've, you know, I know people that have killed people, I know, you know, I, I know mobsters, I know all sorts of people, so... You know, I wasn't, like, terribly afraid of this woman at all. Like, this was like, yo, you want to threaten me? All right, bitch, you know? Bring it in the meantime, you know? Life goes on, honey. So I wasn't really too preoccupied with it at all, you know? But that night, here's what went down. See, well, I'll tell you, this is hard to explain. Now that I understand a little bit about how these things go, the spell apparently was on the money. This has happened to me twice with with money. And eventually, I didn't really understand that until later in life, a guy that used to be involved with satanic rituals and all this kind of shit was real into it, who had a, he did a 180 and became a, a Christian, born-again Christian. You know? And I remember one time explaining to him what had happened to me. And he listened to the whole story. This was with the Irish, the Irish witch. This was way back. So I kind of knew what, what had happened this time. I had more of an understanding of how these things work without having studied it myself, you know. But I can tell you that when when this type of thing had happened to me once before at a much younger age, I was explaining exactly what had happened. And this guy was able to understand and fill in blanks that I hadn't even told him. And he kept saying to me, but there's no way that this person, that this force, this demonic thing could have gotten into your dream. They had to give you something. She had to give you something. Otherwise, none of this adds up. And I was like, no, man, no, she didn't give me anything. I'm giving me something. No, she didn't give me shit. Anything. Money? Did she give you money? I was like, oh, fuck. And that's how it happened. So I'm going to tell you guys, you ready? Mm. Sit down for this one, man, because this is exactly how it went down, bro. So that night, I went to sleep, and I ended up in a play. Once again, like, it's different from a dream, because when you're dreaming, you think it's real. This was different than a dream, because I was dreaming, but I knew I was dreaming. Mm. 
So already it's a, it's a little, I don't know how you, you make of it what you want, but I can tell you that I found myself down in a dark place. What I think was a, like to me, what seemed like a dark underground subway station. I didn't see any trains, but that's what it felt like to me. And I had, I was surrounded by three Jamaican men. One in the middle I could see was the most powerful. I could tell they weren't speaking to me. The one on the right and the one on the left were just like, almost like his cohorts and and they were just looking at me. But the guy in the middle, he came to claim something. And I looked down and I looked at where his belt was in the rim of his pants, in the rim, in the front. Same place someone would stick a gun or something. And what there was there was two wallets. Two wallets. One was mine. The other was a female purse. It was red. It was it was obviously a woman's purse, you know? Mm. <clears throat> now, because of what I experienced much many years before in my life I had been in a situation that defied reason and logic but somehow on a visceral a gut level without words in a nonverbal way I understood what was happening here that wallet somehow represented me my life my soul and he had it right there in that area in the you know the hips are where it's authoritative that's he had it right there talked right there and he was looking at me and he was saying I am overpowering you I'm taking you that's what was being said to me in this weird way but I I told you and I'll tell you again and even now talking about it, I still get a little little creeped out, man, a little mm-hmm. fucking. But I'm going to tell you straight up, people listening, this is how it went down. I looked at him. I anteed up to his power. He felt it. He felt it. And I stepped forward right at him in front of those people. And in my own way, without saying a word, I laughed in my spirit, in my spirit, and laughed in his face. And shrugged like there was no words said. Shrugged like, yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Like I don't, I don't think so, bro. I don't think so, man. Saying how it goes down, brother. <laughs> you outgunned. I ain't weak like that. Fuck you and your boys here. It was that vibe without any words being spoken. And I reached right down, reached where where that fucking wallet was. He did nothing to try to stop me. It was a psychic power. It was a psychic will thing. I was reaching for it. I took it back. Like, yeah, snatched it right back, put it in my fucking pocket. Like, yeah, that's what's up. Fuck you. But there was no word said. It was all a psychic battle of wills. And I woke up. Now, the next morning... I went back to that woman's house, the old lady's house. 
And the old lady was crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, Marion died last night. So I am, I won't say fairly certain. I am fucking absolutely sure that the other wallet purse in the rim of that man's fucking belt was her. Wow. There were two there. She had two enemies. My spirit was too strong. And I overpowered these brothers. And that's the reality of it. How I was able to do that in the spirit world, Matt, I don't know. I I don't know. You know, <laughs> my two favorite phrases in life, one is I am the architect of my reality. That sounds pretty intense. The second mm-hmm. one is I don't know. I don't know. I just know that in that spiritual realm, I was able to ante up, withstand, and overpower that person's magic or whatever it was will, magic, spiritual force. I don't, I can't tell you, brother. It feels like I, almost like a, like it, it didn't, it, it could tell that you didn't fear it, so it lost its power type thing almost. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was trying to dominate me trying to exercise its will and its power his will and his power the three of them but mostly this guy in the middle he was the dude he was the dude that was exerting the the spiritual battle of wills or force you know whatever which is what it felt like and it was all a psychic thing in a in a spiritual realm it, and that's some heavy shit because when you're involved in something like that this is the thing that people don't understand you cannot cry out for help you are there you don't even know what the fuck you are let alone what they are where the fuck you are you just have to trust in whatever it is you are your spirit your essence your soul your energy whatever the fuck it is you actually are comprised of you're alone in this place and they're in the cavalry ain't coming and you gotta just like you see what you're made of there it is it's like a spiritual cage fight with nobody there to stop it you die or you don't you win or you lose you eat or you're eaten Mm. and that is a feeling that I don't know how to... I think I just did explain it. It is very intense. And when you're in it, you got to fucking dig deep. And and that's when you see what the fuck you're made of. Let's see what kind of power you have. Let's see what you can withstand. And it was a challenge. I'm going to be... I'm going to say... I don't know. I was definitely scared, but not... But I couldn't afford to be that scared, you know? Yeah. Because I had to deal with the fucking issue. And I did. And I woke up the next day and I thought, man, that was was fucking, that was crazy. The only thing that made me feel before I realized that this other woman had just never woke up, man, you know? The only thing that made me feel that perhaps... 
this had something to do with, you know, this Jamaican woman and her threats. Because in a million years, I never would have thought that's what she meant. Mm, well, right, yeah, you figured she was coming to get you personally. Oh, yeah, oh, she's yeah, going to send some fucking dudes, you know, oh, she did. beat me down. <laughs> yeah, she Just sure in the did. physical and uh, the spiritual. So they, they looked yeah. normal, though? Like, they looked like oh, normal people? Look like just rosters, normal Jamaicans that you would see in Jamaica or you would see in, in, a, in, a, in the hood, you know? If they looked a yeah. little looked a little less normal, you think it would have been a, you would have had more of a problem with it, probably, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, I would have. I know that. What do you think? It depends. It, it's well, it'd be a little harder. It'd be harder to uh, you know balls up. Well, man I, mean, up. I, you, I mean, you ask me a question. I'm telling you that this is exactly. I think about it, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Like if they had like. I don't know, fiery, devilish eyes, red beaming things, and they were making all these like noises and shit, like yeah. you see in a horror movie. Yeah. I definitely would, it, I definitely would have been more scared. There's no doubt. But, but, I'm telling you straight, mm -hmm. when you're in that kind of a situation, it's like, how can I explain it? Is does a caribou, does it, you know, know? Is it born knowing intellectually? that a lion is its enemy? No, I mean, no, it's like, it, it doesn't know it intellectually, it knows it on a gut level. Yeah. And I'm trying to make, you know, really make you understand that I knew that this was a threat to me. Mm -hmm. It was my instinct. <clears throat> it was a God-given knowledge that you just know. Like in this realm, without being able to explain it, intellectualize it, I knew what was going on and what I had to do. <clears throat> That's what's weird, you know. So I'm here to tell you, even if these things had looked scary, yeah. I still knew I was cornered and I would have had to fight. And I'm here to tell you, bro, mm -hmm. no matter what this motherfucker looked like, if I had to punch him in his fucking, in his sharp, fangy teeth, man, I would have. <laughs> right. You know, I would have done what I had to do. I would have tore his fucking devil eye out. I would have bit him in his gnarly face, even though I wouldn't have wanted to. But I would have. Spit I it out. Fought. Yeah. I would have. <laughs> I would have fought and did what I had to fucking do, regardless of what was coming at me. Because, bro, I didn't have a choice. And I knew it. How did I knew, know it? I don't know. But I knew. And the proof, next day, was, was literally when I went over to this old woman's house. Her name was Dorothy. And she told me that Marion had died in her sleep last night. No and I was like, did she have any problems? Was she sick? No. She was fine. Yes. It was so sudden, we don't even know what happened. She just died. And then she went on on this whole thing. I should be the one that's dying. I'm the one. Oh, God. She's 20 years young. I don't understand. How could she be gone? Well, I'm here to tell you, man. I knew right that because of that, because of what I I told you, man. When I looked in that guy's in the rib of his fucking pants, and I saw two wallets there, mm. and then suddenly the whole thing—it was weird. Like the money in the wallet, the wallet is a contemporary symbol for me, my license, my every everything's in my wallet. It was yeah. this weird symbol. But the point is, this ten dollars appeared out of, out of nowhere. I put it in my wallet, and then sure enough, that night, my wallet is in the rim of this fucking 
whatever the fuck he was, some kind of a witch doctor or a fucking shaman or a, I don't even know. But whatever he did worked. It just wasn't powerful enough not to kill me. Whatever happened to Marion, bro? Oh, God. I don't know, man. Have you ever tried to even dive into the thoughts of what you think might have happened in her situation? I tell you what I think, and it's horrible, man, but I think I think he overpowered her, and he, I don't know, like indentured her soul or something. Like he Consumed overpowered her. her soul in some way and controls it, or I don't know, but something. You know what, Matt? You know, life is mostly common sense. Yeah. When it, you know, it's like it's like a the psychic food chain, like in the world, like animals overpower each other and mm -hmm. dominate each other and use each other and eat each other. What would make you think it wasn't so in the next in the, in that plane? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever he did was the same thing that a stronger animal does to a weaker animal on this plane. I can't tell you how it works over there. But I can tell you that he tried to dominate me, to take me, to kill me, to control me, to claim me, overpower me. Mm. And it didn't work. I'm a strong spirit, knock on wood. I don't know. I just am, you know, because um, I'm still here to talk about it, you know. Do you think something like that would go further than just death? Do you think it would just be them dying and then their, their soul would go wherever? Do you think it is actually a captive thing where you die and now your soul is held by whoever? I think that's son of a bitch. I, you want my opinion? Yeah. I, 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 can't, I have to practice what I preach. My intellect says no. She, my, my fucking gut yeah. says in some way either he used her soul for something, controls her soul for something, contained her soul or captivated or dominated yeah. whatever he did he took possession of it Yikes. but I don't I don't get the feeling that that's the kind of thing you get out of do you know what I mean it's right like, right yeah you know, once the fly is on the fly paper I don't think that the glue just disintegrates and one day you fly off I don't think that's how it works bro but yeah you ask me what I feel, you know, inherently, intuitively, that's what I feel. And uh, I was very lucky. And, you know, every every person is the sum of their experiences, and that's what it meant to me. That's what I learned from it. But I will tell you, the last fucking story, the real killer, mm. was when I was young, young. I was probably 18 years old. And uh, I was home from college for the summer. So I had had one incident where I kind of understood this. This was, I was just, a, I was a baby, man. I was a fucking child, dude. I didn't know anything about this shit, you know? Mm. But here's what I can tell you. So this would be the, this would be the magnum opus of the story. You know, this is, this is, the, this is the big one, you know? <laughs> so I'm 18. I'm home for the summer. I got a job uh, working at a liquor store locally, you know? And doing whatever you do, stocking shelves, putting things out. But I also was the delivery boy. And I would go to people in the community and I'd fucking bring them liquor. And it was sad because most of them were fucking diehard alcoholics yeah. that Can't couldn't drive. drive. Yeah. yeah, secret people that just wanted that shit brought to them every day. It was it was sad, you know. I saw some uh, some lives, in, you know, on, on the way down, you know. And uh, 
there was this one lady. She probably, I'm going to say she was in her 70s maybe, you know. She lived in a house that was a renovated barn stable. And it had a fucking vibe in it. I don't know what she did for a living, bro. I have no idea. But she definitely was a big drinker. She had a really weird, I don't know, man, a game, like a very weird vibe about her, bro. Nothing I'd ever experienced, like almost a seething, sick vibe. And she she loved me, man. Yeah. She she was like, just wanted a piece of the dream. There's no easy way to say it, you know? Yeah. I was a young buck, and she was down to fuck, man. And it was like, <laughs> it was disgusting. I mean, <laughs> so she would, you know, ask me to deliver shit, and I'd go there. She'd invite me in. I didn't have time to be doing that shit, but... You know, I didn't want to be fucking rude either. And, you know, she really wanted me to come in. Let me just show you the house, you know. So she shows me. She brings me, you know, around. It's definitely got a weird vibe. First thing she shows me is this piano that, I mean, this I've never seen a piano that fucking old. It was shaped like a like a bone. Hmm. I, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this thing's got to be 300 fucking years. I don't even know. And I played the piano a little bit, so I was intrigued. Then she brings me to it, you know, through the house. It's wide open the way our stable would be, you know. But it was real cool. I won't say it wasn't. Then she shows me this other place. Now she's got, like, a little room. It's like a a little theater. A little theater with a stage, a little stage. And all these chairs set up, probably about, I don't know, 25, 30 chairs set up in rough looking at this little stage in the middle of the house, like this platform. Who has that? What the fuck? Then she says, oh, I want to show you the basement. I'm looking down the basement. Dog, there's no windows down there. It's dark. But I could see a little, like a, almost like someone had a red light on or something. Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, this, this is nowhere I want to be, man. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Dude, I got the worst feeling going down them steps. I get downstairs. I see a big carved, huge carved bar with all these weird carvings in it. And it's got red lights, just red lights. That's it. And all these jars of different things. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck they are, dude. But I definitely had never seen anything like it, and t- to this day, never have, man. You know, it was creepy. Yeah. It was weird. I did not want to be down there. I couldn't wait to get out of that fucking basement. Just let me show you the upstairs. I'm like, I really got to get back. Oh, come on. Just let me show the upstairs. Shows me the bedroom. She goes, so, what do you want to do? Well, at that point, I guess I blurted it out because I was just so uncomfortable and so traumatized. And she must have saw it on my face. She's like, so, what do you want to do? And she's standing right in front of the bed. I said, I want to get out of here and get back to the shop. Yeah. And I, she just looked so upset. And I got out of there quick. She was so angry staring at me as I'm leaving Mm. like she was just just fucking really really angry 
like a woman, uh, whatever, like a woman scorned. Scorn, or yeah. Fury, yeah. Hell, have no fury like a woman scorned. I was like, what the fuck just happened? That was so fucking creepy. What the fuck? Did, oh, that old lady wanted me to get in that bed. But I was like, yo, what the fuck, man? That shit will never happen. I'm sorry. I ain't no jiggle. I ain't no wiggle. No fucking way. But if I wanted to bang him, man, my shit would have been lip linguine, not spaghetti out back there. I was like, no, no. Fucking no. I get back to the shop. I was just, I had the heebie-jeebies from the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Half an hour later, hour later, whatever the fuck it was, I'm downstairs. Unloading fucking boxes, bringing up all his booze, putting it on the shelf. The fucking boss says, hey, Mrs. whatever her name is here, she wants to give you something. I go upstairs. There she is. She's got a dollar in her hand. And she's holding it out. She's looking at me like uh, it, it made no sense to me because she's got this dollar. She goes, I forgot to tip you. But she's saying it like what she really wants to do is put a bullet in my fucking head. Like, mm. well, I'm thinking, what, what? This woman does not like look like she drove all the way back here to give me a dollar. Like, what? She still looks really angry. Like, I don't understand. She goes, take it. I was like, I did not want to take that money. I didn't understand. Why would a person that obviously was really, really pissed at me, radiating hatred, mm. why would they want me to take, why would they drive back here to give me a dollar when they look like they want to fucking kill me? Mm. I'm like, no, really, man. It's so unnecessary. Take the money. Take it. I was like, <laughs> Now the boss is looking like, just take the money, take the money. I was like, all right, thank you. I take the dollar, I put it in my pocket. She smiles, turns around, and walks away. I was like, wow, that was fucking chicken clucking cuckoo. Mm. What the fuck just happened here, man? I, I didn't I, I described it. I'm fucking 18 years old. I do not understand anything that just went down. This woman lives 10 minutes away. Why would you drive all the way back when you hated me when I left and you hate me now to give me a dollar? Like, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. She gave me the money. So here's the deal. This here was by far the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me, man. And I'm going to share it right now. I slept at that point I was home from college and um, I wanted a little privacy you know I'd have chicks over once in a while here and there so I want I went in the basement I would sleep in the basement I'd made a bed up for myself down there it wasn't a scary place but it was just separate you know it was definitely mm. downstairs the family was on the third floor you know the top floor I was down in the basement so I had some privacy so I'm sleeping down in the basement not thinking anything about it put all that shit out of my mind, like, whatever, I got a dollar, life goes on, fucking crazy bitch, you know? <laughs> not scared, once again, not thinking about it. I I go to sleep, and suddenly, I'm in this weird, reddish, circular, I don't know, space? But I, I know I'm asleep, but I know that I'm sleeping. I'm awake, but I'm asleep. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? 
where the fuck am I? And I'm looking around, and I feel something bad. Something bad is going on here. What is this state of consciousness? And all of a sudden, man, I feel something go through my fucking chest. Wham! Right through my fucking chest. I turn around, and I see this woman's fucking angry, fiery, hateful, murderous fucking face. And I see this fucking this steel, like, needle, like something like a needle, but it had like a color on the end of the needle. What color it was, I don't remember. Wham! Right through me. I was like, oh my God! It was painful. It was horrible. I fucking woke up. I was like, wow, my, I have pain in my chest. I'm awake. I have pain in my chest. My fucking heart is beating. I am scared. I do not understand what the fuck just happened. What, what, what the fuck was that? I'm like, wow. I go in the bathroom. I throw some cold water on my face. I stay up for 10 minutes. I take some deep breaths. I'm like, wow, that was, I guess we're just going to call it a really fucking weird bad dream. I'm awake. I'm, I'm going to try to relax. I'm going to try to go back to sleep. Okay. I finally get back to sleep. Oh, boy. I am right back in that goddamn room. Mm. This time, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I, what the fuck is going on here, man? I'm looking around. I'm like, where's this fucking woman? What the fuck is going on here? Where the fuck am I, man? And what is happening? How can I have this dream again? And all of a sudden, man, I feel it. I, she caught me from the other side. Wham! Right through my fucking chest from the other side this time, bro. And I turn around and I see her there again, man. But this time the needle has a different color on the end of it. I'm like, holy shit. I wake up now at this point, and I'm going to come right back to what I said before, man. Now I know for no good reason... How can I know this? But I know that if I go to sleep, I'm probably going to be right in that same place. Why? I don't know, man. But I know that I'm going to be in this same place. And I also know something else. Why I know it, I can't tell you. But I know. I know that if she hits me with one more needle, dog, I will not wake up. Now, you got to realize, I'm 18 fucking years old. I don't understand anything like this. I've never been through anything even remotely like this, man. But I am so convinced of what it is that I'm experiencing and know what the outcome will be. And know, once again, Matt, there's nowhere to run. I can't call for my parents. I can't talk to a priest. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. I don't understand this. I'm scared to death. And I know if she hits me with one more needle, it's over, man. I know this. I'm so fucking convinced of it. This time I stay up for half an hour. 
and I write down on a piece of paper everything that happened, who this woman is, what happened today, what happened in the two prior dreams or trance states that I've experienced, and that right now I have to go back to see. I have no choice. I have to. I have to go back and deal with this. I said, "Where to run, man? I gotta go back alone." And I said, "So understand, if you find this note tomorrow, and I'm and I'm dead, whether you understand it or not, this is what happened." Yeah, eighteen fucking years old, homeboy, dealing with this shit. Now this time, this time I went back. And this was a defining moment for me, man, because this time I went back and I'm going to tell you exactly the same thing I told you with the last situation. Your essence, your spirit, your soul, whatever it is you are, your configuration of unique energy, I don't know, bro. Wherever I was, whatever I was, I was alone and I was back in that same godless fucking place. Just like I knew I would be, man. But this time, brother, I said, all right, man. I don't understand what's happening. Why, you know, but I'm going to tell you this. What I do know on a gut level, for some weird reason, is this woman is going to kill me. She's trying to kill me. And if she hits me with that last needle, there's only going to be one. I'm done. I'm done, bro. So this time... I said, okay, man, wherever I am, whatever's going on, let's get it on. Let's do this thing, man. Let's do this thing. So this time, I get into like this crazy flow. I mean, I'm going to just tell you, this experience, I think, was one of the things. No, I know it was a pivotal thing in my life that made me realize that I'm different than most people, I think. I don't know exactly how, but I have some kind of, I don't know, strong power, man, some kind of like serious chi, you know, CHI, whatever. Because I got into that realm, and this time, bro, this time, I was smooth like a fucking cat, like like a martial artist moving in every direction, moving my hands like I knew what I was doing. So anything that came through, I could grab, moving, turning like a cat, eyeing every direction in a way like I couldn't miss anything. Whatever you were going to bring, man, I was going to see it this time, covering all fucking angles, moving hands fluidly around like a martial artist doing some kind of fucking, some type of chi kind of shit, covering everything, balanced, equilibrium, moving the arms in every way. Eyes moving, covering all the terrain, and then I saw it out of the corner of my motherfucking eye, man. I saw that fucking bitch coming in for the fucking kill, man. But this time I jumped back, man, and she missed me with that fucking needle. And I tripped that fucking needle, and she had the needle, and I had the needle. Then I looked in her fucking hateful eyes, and she looked in my fucking eyes, and I turned that motherfucking needle around, bitch. And as I started driving it home at her, she looked fucking horrified, terrified. But I was like, I'm going to drive it. I'm going to shish kebab this fucking cut. And 
boom, I hit her. But right before it hit her, I woke up. Right before I hit her, I woke up. Yeah. Hmm. I never had that dream again, homeboy. Now, that was a long time ago. I never really understood what happened. I didn't understand anything about it. Till I got to college, and the girl I was dating was uh, roommates with a girl who was a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. born-again Christian. And her boyfriend was the one that had been very involved in satanic shit and studied it. And I don't really know the, the degree of what he did. But he was well-versed in, in a lot of the rituals and things that these people do. That's all I can tell you. And I remember watching them doing their their prayer meeting or whatever it is, you know. I don't know what made me approach him after the meeting, but I said, I said, I remember his name was Stephen. I said, hey, Stephen, can I, can I just, I, I had a really weird thing happen to me, man, about two years ago, you know. And I, I've never told anybody, man, but I'd like to share it with you, you know. And I started describing what had happened to me. And he was not in the least bit surprised. He said, yeah, that's a, a witch has a red room. That's what they use. That's a real witch. That's a real witch from Ireland, man. Mm. She is the real deal. And what she was trying to do was to try to kill you. And everything you felt was right on point. And he was filling in blanks that, like, I hadn't even told him, you know. He said, but, but the thing is, in order for her to come into your dream that way, she had to give you something. You know, and I, I forgot, I wasn't even thinking about the money like that. I didn't, I, I don't understand these things. How would I ever, do, you know, make a correlation between the money and the fucking, the, 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 the state I was in that night? There's no way I would have ever put the two together, you know, not as a kid. Mm. And I kept saying, oh, no, dude, no, she didn't give me anything. No, I was at her house. She never gave me anything. No, no, definitely not. He said, no, I'm telling you search yourself that's the only thing that's missing i said no dude uh, he said anything what about money did she give you money and then it hit me i said yeah she actually drove i told him what happened she drove back to the fucking liquor store and she came in and she looked like she wanted to kill me man but she wanted me to take this stupid dollar bill he goes that's because she did want to kill you and that dollar bill is where the spell was. She gave you that dollar bill, and she was able to infiltrate your dream that night. That's how she did it, bro. Yeah. So, I can only tell you, these are the things that I've experienced. There are some people that would get a lot of mileage out of that shit, you know, because it's such an you know incredible, outlandish, you know, thing. I don't talk about it. I don't need to. I only can tell you that I never in a million years would have believed that something like that was real, Mm. except for the fact that it fucking happened to me. And it's happened on that level twice in my life. I've encountered that kind of whatever you want to call it, black magic, voodoo. I don't really know. Spiritual warfare. I've never delved into it. I've never researched it. I've never studied it. I don't give a fuck. It's like, there's two kinds of people. There's the guy that 
had a fight and is a tough guy and won. Or there's a guy that had a fight, is a tough guy and won and decides he wants to learn everything about fighting. I'm not that guy. I don't care about this shit. Mm. I don't want to know about black magic. I'm not interested in it. I don't, you know, I've never hit the rewind button and explained the story much. Mm -hmm. You know, I've told it a few times over the years, but not much. And, uh, and I never delved into it to try to read about it or study about it or find out more about it. Cause I don't care. It happened. I'm done with it. I don't give a fuck. You know, mm -hmm. I lived through it. I guess I'm a strong spirit in the world. I feel I am. But these are the things that happened to me. And for your show, mostly ghostly, you're my homie. I, I hit the rewind button on it and I told you the story the way it needed to be told. We appreciate and, it. I love it. Yeah, so that that's a killer story. So cut it up any way you want. But at the end of the day, that's what went down, brother. Which is you know? love. Which is love, Shane McCain. Well, you know, it's it's more than that. Riches love me and bitches love me. You feel me? Witches, bitches, and hoes. And I can control all of them, obviously. <laughs> That's right. I'm here to tell you, my pimp hand, no, fuck that, man. My chip hand is strong. I'm monkeying around, dog. I'm keeping it real. I get shit jumping. Boom. But yeah, that shit was pretty fucking scary. When it really happened... Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm here to tell you, that was... I want to say it was a nightmare, but it wasn't because I wasn't asleep. I was in this other weird trance thing where you know you're sleeping, so you're not sleeping. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. It's just I keep knocking on wood when I talk this shit because every now and then when I think about it, I'm afraid that I'm going to conjure it up again. And, you know, I just it's just so bad. You know, it's like it's like imagine being cornered in an alley. Mm hmm. By three guys with switchblades or something, man, and you and you live through it. Mm. Like you poke a brother, and you know you out, <laughs> and then you know you don't want to think about it anymore. Like you don't ever want to, you know, you don't even want to bring that up again. Like it, it happened. I had to deal with it. God, you know, thank God I, I was able to for whatever reason. But yeah, dude, there's more to this fucking world than people want to, you know, want to want to acknowledge. And I said the same thing. Every person is the sum of their experiences. And this is the shit that happened to me, man. And there you have it. Yeah. And that, that was it. Never again after, you know, you, you faced the fear kind of and you, you overcome them. Um, that was it. Never really anything else with it. No. The only times that I've ever had weird experiences like that where I felt that someone actually had hexed me or put a spell or try, I was trying to do something from, you know, a different plane or realm mm. was those two experiences. Yeah. And thank God, the one thing I can say, the common denominator between the two, even though they were very different in their approach, was that I was able to hold my own and overpower the spell, you know? Yeah, I think that's, like, great advice for anybody listening. I mean, if you ever find yourself in a situation, know that your inner being... Uh, you have power within you, and, you know, the, the light within a living soul would be stronger than, you know, uh, something that isn't quite living or often, uh, you know, just don't be, 
don't be afraid, you know, face it. And I think it, uh, I think that, I think they feed off of fear, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah, they absolutely do. do. That's another thing, man. You want to always, when you're in a situation like that, and I can honestly say, and this is very serious, man, that understand that when a power, an evil power like that, there's two ways it can overcome you. One is, you know, it literally can dominate you and overpower you because it's stronger than you are. Mm-hmm. That's one. <clears throat> the other way it can overpower you, and I'm going to use an analogy so people get it, is like what, like those, uh, like in the Matrix when uh, who was the, the the name of the the robot? Always it was the same name. Do you remember what it was or no? In the Matrix. Yeah, like like the big the brain computer thing. Not not the brain, the guy like Mister So and So. You know oh, what I'm the, saying? Like, the 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 guy uh, with the sunglasses that was yeah, the agent, up. the agent something, agent yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way, the reason I'm saying it this way is because the other way they can do it is to kind of just with their negative energy just take you and absorb you in the energy. Yeah. So there's only two ways you can fight off that kind of stuff. One is to be strong. Here it is. I'm going to give you the keys to the cage. If you ever have to embark on spiritual war alone as a spiritual warrior, this is what you need to do. One is you need to derive strength from whatever your positive higher power is. Whatever your God of light is your belief. I don't care what it is. Mm. Buddha, Allah, Jesus, Jehovah, I don't care. Whatever your your wellspring of light and love and positive righteous power is, you gotta align yourself with that and say, I I I am on defense. I am not on offense. I will not become the hate that tries to hate me. I will stay righteous as a warrior of love. I will not hate that which is what tries to kill me, but I will harness all my strength and I will do battle with it. I will not let it defeat me. I will not hate it. I will not fight hate with hate because then I I have lost in in a weird, insidious, devilish way. Yeah. If the devil comes to you with hate and you hate back to try to beat him, he's won. Right. He beats you on the back end. So you have to align yourself with whatever your spiritual light is, and that is what will keep you calm. That is what will keep you strong. And then you gotta dig deep, motherfucker. And you gotta listen to your gut and learn the rules of engagement, which are breathed into your spirit. You already know them when you get in it. The same way when you're popped out of your mother's vagina. And someone smacks you in the ass. You know you have to breathe. You don't know why, mm. but you know you have to. Same rules apply in the spiritual world. When you're a warrior, once you get there, you may never have been there. You may be in an unfamiliar place, but your spirit knows the rules of engagement. So just open your vessel, align yourself with the light. Do not hate that which is trying to hate you, but make make damn fucking sure you bring your motherfucking A game. And you, your will cannot be turned. You will not be the victim. You will not succumb to fear. 
and you will fucking kick ass. That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> so that is my mostly ghostly, gory story. I love it. I love so it. So do I. Well, I hope I hope that it didn't scare you all too much, but I have to say, rewinding it and telling it the way I did, it kind of fucking scared me a little. Yeah, it's some creepy stuff. I was very quiet in suspense over here. It was, ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's some stuff, yeah, shit. Well, that's why when you were, like, telling me about your story, you know, about your podcast and all, and you were like, oh, do you have any? And I was like, yeah, I've never really talked to you about it, but, you know, I do have some, some skeletons in my closet. Yeah actually but uh i think it's cool man i'm glad i was able to share that with people but most importantly i'm glad what i said at the end is uh you know was so relevant you know because i've had weird experiences like that and and if you are ever in a situation like that what i said at the end Mm -hmm. if you ever have to be a spiritual warrior in a place where you are alone with only yourself and your faith that's how it goes down that's how it is yes so get with the program and don't be a victim. Don't be a bitch. If you got a problem, kill that witch. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> Boom. I love it. You know what I always say to people? I'm a wordsmith. God gave me a gift. Yeah, I'm the shit. Y'all want a sniff? So kiss my ass and polish the turd. Stick my dick in your ear and fuck what you heard. There you go. I love it. Some very valuable lessons from insane Shane McCain on the paranormal front. Well, on the paranormal front, I'm a turdsmith, and I just told you what the shit was. Boom! It happened to me, and it was fucking... It was the scariest shit I ever experienced, yeah. man. And I, I don't wish it on my... Well, actually, there's one guy I would wish it on. But other than that, <laughs> I don't wish it on anybody, man. I really... I don't... I don't hope, hope that none of you ever have to experience going into the fucking the spiritual gladiator arena by yourself man because i'm here to tell you it that's when you really that's when you really find out what you got man what you made of man and who the fuck you are yeah. it's intense it's intense and i have to say man it was uh more than a game changer man it was a life changer you know it it made me realize like i said i was stronger i think in a weird metaphysical or spiritual way than than many others are. Mm. And it surprised me, honestly. I didn't know I had it like that, you know. But that was it. It was some Highlander shit. You know, there can only be one. That's true. <laughs> and it was either them or me. <clears throat> you know, it was either me or them three, three Jamaicans. And I'm here to tell you, man, I was like, fuck that blood clot, man. It ain't going to be me, man. They will hit you with a red strap and cut you with that machete. I wonder if in a, in, in a spiritual world, if them, like, being overpowered by you reflected in a negative way in their existence, you know what I mean? My honest opinion is I don't think so. Yeah. You know, you're asking me, and once again, why, why am I answering you with this? It's the same thing I said before. Mm-hmm. You kind of know how it is yeah with no good reason in this plane for knowing why you say what you do it's pretty odd man yeah but i think i think my honest opinion is those people 
I don't know about the other two guys. Like, they were almost like his, I don't know, like his, I can't even describe it. Like, You think they were definitely down with him? Maybe they were people that oh, he... Oh, no, they were down with him. They were with him. Yeah. They were there for the same reason, man. You don't think they could have maybe been some souls that he captured in the past or something? No. Nope. Okay. No, no. I mean, I, you know, I'm only once again reiterating that. Yeah. Uh, see, Matt, when you're in that kind of situation, you just know what's up. Right. You don't know why you know, but you know. And there's no talking. There's no talking. There's no language like that. It's all a psychic uh, force. Yeah, of communication it's no, it's no longer in the physical you know yeah. yeah that's exactly right there's no words there you're communicating with these people and they're hearing your thoughts and you're hearing their thoughts it's a it's a spiritual exchange there's no words words are weird like there, <laughs> there would be no words in a place like that yeah everything's communicated through thought like a river of like a flow of just a river of communication. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Everybody's very clear on what everybody else is thinking and, and, and communicating. But not saying. Sounds like like very high conscious uh conscience stuff that they talk yeah. about. <laughs> That's exactly right, you know. What did I know? I knew that they were with him. I didn't understand what their power was, but I guess they were also part of this evil thing. Mm. My honest feeling was this guy was some kind of a a guy that was practicing black magic, you know, the the magic of the arts, that kind of that island voodoo. That you know, I think he was someone that lived here. Mm. This is what I this is what I believe. This is what I felt. <clears throat> I felt he was someone that was a real man that lived within fifty miles of where I lived. That she actually went to and was able to convey who I was or what I was and somehow was able to he was able to harness you know I can tell you this I'm going to tell you something and I'm, I won't get on too much of a tangent but yeah. a lot of what I feel goes on in this plane is symbolic for what goes on in the other plane like People say, well, what is, you know, you have a spirit. Your spirit is unique to you. And I look at it, and to me, as a guy that kind of is a little bit more metaphysical in the world, but not quite of it, like, I look at it, and to me, it makes total sense. Everybody has a unique, a unique configuration of vibrational energy. You know what I call that? I call it your psychic fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And everybody has it. Like your fingerprint, your fingerprint is different from every other fucking person on planet Earth. That's amazing. <clears throat> so your spirit, your spirit, your soul, your configuration of energy is also as unique as your fingerprint. And I just wanted to say that. So whoever they were, what I felt, they were real people. They were able to somehow, he was able to hone in on my psychic fingerprint, put a thing, you know, something on that dollar, get it to me and infiltrate my dream in some kind of way like that. Man. Yeah. 
and that's kind of how, how I think it goes down. Now, I'll say something else. Um, so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave your listeners with one more thing they can practice. Okay. And this will, if you, if this will fuck with your mind. Once again, I say to you people, this shit is not that outlandish when you realize I'm going to, I'm going to reframe it with you so you see it in a more tangible, normal light. I'm going to ask all of you out there listening, when's the last time, has this ever happened to you that suddenly you're thinking about someone, someone you haven't seen in a while, maybe someone, you know, you used to work with or someone you went to school with or but somebody that you kind of, you know, it's been a minute and you start thinking about them and then all of a sudden, like back in the day, like you'd get a phone call from them or they'd hit you on Facebook. Hey, I was thinking about you, man. You popped into my head. That is you on that other plane. It's like in this plane, you're a hundred miles apart, mm-hmm. but in that other plane, you're not. You're as close as you want to be. You're right where the wormhole is. You're right where you want to be. Yeah. When you are, are focusing on someone else, like if you've been in a room with someone and you partied with them or you've shaken hands with them or given them a pound or a hug, you now have an imprint of their psychic essence, their psychic fingerprint. It's embedded in you. You understand their psychic cell phone number that unique number that only they have it's in you your spirit's registered and if you want same thing you start thinking about someone real intensely and then you get a call I was just thinking about you Mm. that's how it works now this is where it gets interesting if you can really attune your psychic sense which I can and you can literally practice a little bit and focus on bringing, conjuring up a person's energy to the point where you would think they were in the room with you. That's when you know you've dialed them up. That's when you know you've got a good link with them. Now I'm here to tell you, you know when you can do that? You can do that to someone while they're sleeping. Mm. While they're sleeping. Do you hear that? Mm. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're good at it and you practice it a little bit and you can put yourself in a very relaxed, very like almost a meditative state, not quite, and you can just allow your spirit to remember, like maybe remember when you they told you something personal. Or remember when you had a really good time and you gave them a hug. Remember a time when something happened, something profound. When your spirits were close, that's a good that's a good internet connection right there. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, and you can you you if you get good at it, you will feel when their energy is touching your energy. And at that moment, you can go into their fucking dream. I have done it more than once. That's why I say, the last thing I'll say to your listeners is, a lot of life is common sense. If you can think of somebody really intensely and then suddenly they give you a phone call, 
they felt you your they felt your vibe. They felt your your life energy reach out to their life energy. Well, if you can do that during the day, you can do that at night. Mm. That's what people don't realize. Life is mostly common sense. You might think that's so crazy, but when I explain it the way I just did, it's fucking doable. If I want to go into someone's dream, the first thing I do, man, is I, I spend a little time with them. I feel their essence. Then I shake their fucking hand. And I'm, I'm registering their psychic imprint. I'm taking it all in. And then if, it's, if I get it right, I'll get it to you, Jim. Now that's the shit. Yeah. So that, that will blow a motherfucker's mind. The bombing <laughs> shaman has spoken. Great right. drop, cock-a-doodle-jew, baby. So that's all I got, man. That's it. I told you that I am a trippy mofo. Insane Shane McCain, there's more to it than meets the eye. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. So that's it. I am happy to have been a guest on Ghostly Mostly. Mostly Ghostly. It's all there. Well, we're more... And I have conveyed some shit that is over the fucking top. But here's the kicker. Like I told you at the meeting, the truth is pure. What is it that affects people when they get when they hear people talking about something and they just realize this shit really happened. This stuff's not fronting. He's not trying to sell me on something. He's not trying to scare me. He's just he's just laying it down like it went down. Yeah. <clears throat> I have no vested interest in convincing you of anything. All I've done, and this is what I will say in honor of your show, Mostly Ghostly, is sharing is scaring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I hope you get that in there. You better sample that a few times. That's a good one. Sharing is scaring. (laughs) I love it. Oh, fucking ISM, baby. Mike, drop. Yeah. That's what I say. What do I do, man? I shoot for the top, see where I stop, and let the mic drop. Son! Where's that midget to pick that shit up? I'm not bending down. My back hurts. <laughs> so there you. it is, homie. So, I've delivered my A game. And uh, now, I'm going to look at my fucking up thing here and see what time it is. Because the next thing I'm going to do is, is go to the bar and spread some of my magical herbal concoction called marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have it, you know? Hell yeah. Right on. It's gonna happen. You know what they say here? They say here, my God is a ghoul named Kermit the Frog and he told me, Shane, it's not easy being green. That's right. That's right. Buy local, go green if you know what I mean. Boom. So, yeah, I will be heading to King Center to do God's bidding. You know? Get people to blaze a trail of glory. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, 
I thank you again for being on the show. It was a lot of fun. We got a lot of really valuable info and great stories. One of my favorite episodes to date. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, y'all be safe. And, uh, you know, like I said, don't, don't take any drugs when you listen to this shit because you end up in the fucking psych ward. It'll fuck you up, yeah. Oh, it will. Believe me, don't open them doors. If you like the fuse, you will hear the news. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's it, homie. So, all right, man. Well, God bless. You know what I always say? Peace on the Peace. side, baby. Peace on the side. Boom. Hell yeah. And I also want to wanna thank Jesus Christ. Keep it real. I don't know what y'all thank him for. I'll tell He's you what a good I'm man. Good man. For. Yeah. Well, I, I thank Jesus Christ for showing me how good a Jewish man can look with long brown hair. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's it, baby. All right, man. Insane out. And God bless everybody. And, and that's it. You hear me? I hear you. All right. We'll catch you guys later on another episode of Mostly Ghostly. That's it. We'll catch you on a flip. Don't you flip out. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.